Here at The Bell, we know that purposefully setting goals and taking intentional action is only the start of our equity evolution. With me today is Katrina K.T. Thornton, Taco Bell's first ever Chief Equity, Inclusion, and Belonging Officer. KT has been a part of our Taco Bell family for just over a year. In this episode, we'll dive into KT's vision, her integration of EI&B into our culture, her focus on real progress, and how she fearlessly unleashes the power of equity. KT, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Mark. Thanks for having me. No, this is really exciting. Uh, we have a lot of topics mm-hmm. on the podcast that are fun. We mm-hmm. had a couple that uh, was married because they met each yes, other at Taco Bell. Only. So we have some light topics. Mm-hmm. This is, I don't want to call it a heavy topic, mm-hmm. but it's really an important topic. Mm-hmm. And that is what you do, which mm-hmm. is equity, inclusion, and belonging, and mm-hmm. trying to help us see the light and be a better company. Yeah. So before we get there, though, tell us a little bit about your journey, how you ended up at Taco Bell. Yes. Well, always start with I uh, it's a great way that I think I started started here at Taco Bell. Um, Always tell folks I'm I'm a country girl at heart. I'm originally from Virginia. I say that because my country roots kind of help, I think, uh, showcase who I am and some of the core values that I do have. Um, but prior to my time here at Taco Bell, I was living in Chicago, um, working for another organization, leading their global center of excellence, focusing on, we call it equity, diversity, and inclusion there. Um, and then I got recruited to come here to the Bell um, and really excited. So moved from Chicago. I'm now an Angelino, so living in L.A. Nice. Uh, and it's been great. I just hit my one-year mark here at Taco Bell a couple weeks ago. In the last four or five years, KT, yeah. it was diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Then it's kind of morphed yeah. into EIB. <laughs> so for everyone out there, define yeah. what you mean, what we mean by EI and B. Yeah, great, great question. Um, when we talk about equity, which is not necessarily new, but it is a newer concept really being brought into the conversation around diversity and inclusion, I view equity as two big things. One you are leveling the playing field, but you're doing that to ensure that you're breaking barriers, making sure we're fair and consistent in everything we do. Um, And I really think that's the anchoring part of this work because before you get to the diversity aspect, um, before you talk about let's be inclusive, like are we being fair and consistent? And are we giving the support to people who may not have had it to have that leveling playing field? And so I think that's so key. So for me, I will sum up what I do. I, I like to break barriers, change kind of the systems to help make sure we're fair and consistent so that whatever we do is really sustainable and it's not necessarily chasing a number yeah which sometimes can get caught up in this work yeah we'll get to that yeah we'll get to that you know in general for me Mm -hmm. people are really good people Mm -hmm. and yet we live in this society that definitely sees different groups in different ways yeah and it's it's really hard to balance how can good people mm-hmm. be racist or mm-hmm. be bigots or mm-hmm. be or discriminate? Yeah. So this is what you live in this world mm-hmm. every day, not only being a black woman, mm-hmm. but in this space. Yeah. Talk a little bit about good people that maybe don't do the right things. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think all of us <laughs> at some point, uh, we don't do the right thing. Right. Or I would say the, the best possible thing. I would say that I think we all have biases. Um, we all, whether how we grew up, our backgrounds, uh, our lived experiences, causes us to have judgments and honestly stereotypes. So there, to me, in this space, 
instead of saying, oh, this person's bad or this person's good, first and foremost, it's what are the conscious bias or biases that we have that we need to be humble enough to confront mm -hmm. and want to acknowledge that we have it and then said, what are the intentional behaviors we're going to do differently? So I think that's one. The second piece is that, unfortunately, there are some people that just are who they are. Right. And that's just the reality. So one, if you're in an organization, how do you make sure that's not tolerated? And then two, how to make sure you're very clear on the stances that you have so that for those who say, I did get this wrong, it's not as if they can never come back from that, which I think that's why, unfortunately, there's fear rooted when we talk about this yeah. work for some reason, um, which causes sometimes people to not do anything or engage or become bystanders because of a fear. If I get it wrong, what will I be become known for or yeah. as, which yeah. can be a, a detrimental perspective to have towards coming into space it's almost as much education yeah. as it is what you don't know yes i call that uh cultural intelligence like how do you build that and so um one of the definitions that's out there is when you learn about different cultures you then immerse yourself you engage yeah. with it then you adapt yeah. and there's i think sometimes we talk about diversity specifically we focus always on race and gender, which is very significant, right? Very significant or sexual orientation, gender expression. But I think when people realize there's so much more to the dimensions of diversity, that at some point we're all either part of, depending on the situation, the dominant group or maybe the outsider. So you talk about personality types, you talk about those internal pieces I just mm -hmm. talked about, race, gender, uh, sexual orientation, um, but then you have these external components, like what's your status, your marital status, your income status, your education, just as a couple examples. And then you have this organizational dimension, which is a big one. Like, where are you located? What the function do you work in? Um, what's, what's your, your title? What's your title? Like, let's go there. Like you then get this whole dynamic where it's so much bigger. And I think the more we can widen mm. our perspective, it's not a us versus them. Yeah. What do you do every day when you come <laughs> into work? And, and so, hmm. and I know, Let's think about that, I, Mark. I, I know it just I, I get it. this question a lot, like what's a normal day for you? And I'm like, uh, but I, I would imagine a normal day for you yeah. would, there isn't a normal there isn't. day for you. I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't even use that word normal. Right, like, right. like what, what are the adventures that I embark on every day is how I look at yeah. it. Uh, but no, like that's, that's a good question. And I all, I think it depends also on, uh, the focus for that particular day or, or the week. So one of the key things that I'm really proud about here, you know, we launched our organizational strategy, which yeah. I think was huge for us, what, back in April. Uh, we then brought the whole org together in June to kind of immerse ourselves, like this is the baseline. Yeah. And I think from there, every day, it's like, how do I then look at that strategy and how do we execute on those actions? So whether it's working with executive team members, their teams, the HR function, um, our young partners um, and collaborating and saying, okay, Strategy plus action is going to help us to get to these achievable results. So that's a big part. Yeah. Like, and then the second one is like, I'm there for the teams. Mm. Like being that sounding board, being the one who can help, help coach me through this. Like that's a huge piece also into this work. So it's not just run, run, run activity, but taking a moment to engage, to understand, to listen, um, to hopefully be the best leader I can be for the organization. When you came, KT, I think there was a genuine in people's hearts here mm -hmm. at Taco Bell that we need to do better mm -hmm. in this space of yeah. diversity and inclusion. Yet we made no progress. Mm -hmm. And when you came in, you really showed us that there needs to be mm -hmm. a strategy mm -hmm. and education mm -hmm. and next steps. And it's a, so talk a little bit and you use the word evolution. I know. Uh, so, but talk, <laughs> let's talk first, not about the evolution, yeah. but 
Why is it so important? Because if there's people listening out there that work yeah. at other companies, my learning so far with mm -hmm. you is if you don't have a strategy, you can care all you want yeah. and you're not going to make a difference. Yeah. I, it's so big because again, I think diversity inclusion has often been, um, it's first of all, it has changed dramatically in the past two to three years, right? You can say the catalyst across the globe was the murder of George Floyd, where every organization was like, all right, what are we going to do? Yep. Um, and then what does that have now turned into? I would say it was the feel good stuff. And I'm a, I'm a feel good person, I promise. Yep. I'm, I, I'm not cold-blooded. I, I try to feel good for people. <laughs> but um, it becomes a lot of talk. And then maybe these ad hoc programs to say, oh, we did something. I think we look at a strategy, it's like, first of all, use strategy in business to say, here's our growth plan, here's our framework, whatever, this we're gonna do. This work has to be viewed that way as well. So it doesn't become just a conversation. Right. So I think that's why that's so important. And I think you have to be connected to the business to understand it enables the business, it enables the people to then one, be respected, just mm -hmm. to be quite frank. And then two, not to feel like we're just gonna go check the box for all these people wanna bring in the organization and then feel good about ourselves. Mm -hmm. What's the long lasting impact? So that's why I think strategy plus execution has to be so important. You laid out the strategy, and I'm, I'm not gonna have you uh, lay out the seven <laughs> no. pillars of our strategy, but we had an amazing day a few months back. Yeah, I, I, we, we called it an immersion yep. day, EIV mm -hmm. immersion. And we had uh, Bima was with I us. I know, Bima Williams. Uh, and he's, he's an influencer that, yeah. that really lives in this world that trying to make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. But talk a little bit about that day yeah. and what it was, and then let's get to what yeah. do you think the impact's been of that day? Yeah, and a huge shout out to all of the, I would say first, to all of the leaders who joined in, the collective agency, um, which is a boutique EIB agency, yeah. our internal co communications and engagement team here to really bring it to life. It was so important, I think, what I wanted to see for the organization is not just the theoretical view of our strategy, but how does it impact everyday moments? Mm -hmm. And there was three kind of segments we looked at. We looked at it EIB from a personal lens, meaning, okay, what do I need to do? I'm not inspecting anyone else. What do I need to look at myself and say, ooh, what commitments do I personally need to make? So that's the personal segment. Then we looked at it from a business perspective. And Mike Grahams, our president of operations here, um, talked about how EIB is a business enabler not a distraction <laughs> that was so important like how do you connect it to the business results and not saying making a case for the business but showing how this is truly a comprehensive approach and then lastly the collective and so kelly mcculloch our chief people officer really talked about the culture and how emb impacts from a personal standpoint the business and overall our culture and so that's what we start talking about how do we elevate our culture by embedding EIMB into how we lead and do business. So the point of that day was to show the comprehensive nature of our strategy, the role everyone plays, and the, what are the intentional actions we'll have to take to make sure we help drive the positive change we're looking for. So talk a little bit about individual actions. Yeah. So if somebody's out there saying, well, KT, I don't know really what you mean yeah. by what can I do? Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit and help people understand what can they do? Exactly. So I would say first, say, talk about it from an organizational perspective, right? If you're an individual contributor, I think your role can be how do I show up and help foster um, a team or a culture I'm a part on by getting to know one another, you know, demonstrating courage if I see something that may be against our organizational values. Like you can help foster that in the org. As a coach as what we call coaches here, hiring managers, like you are a leader, like your seat, you're a decision maker. Mm -hmm. So your role, how are you inclusive? How are you fair? And how are you demonstrating and modeling that? 
I think for our executives and our teams, we have to drive and sustain it. Mm-hmm. Like we set the tone. It's not, hey, just do what I say, but I'm going to model it both in private and in public. And I'm going to hold those accountable that may go against our values. So the role you play, regardless what seat you sit in, can be a powerful one. Yeah. Um, don't be overwhelmed by it, but be intentional yeah. with what you do. Yeah. I think that's really powerful because it's easy to say, go do something. Yeah. And most people are like, well, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm a good person. I take care of my family and my kids and my mom and dad. And, and, and so yeah. I, I think that really helps. Mm-hmm. Another thing that you talk about a lot is that EINB needs to be embedded mm-hmm. in our business models. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit because that's fascinating to me. Yeah. So parts of my life, I didn't share this, but parts of my career, gosh, for what? Over a decade, I was an HR business leader. So I think in a part of that before EINB was like the sexy thing, you know? <laughs> Hope that's appropriate to say on the it podcast. Is. Thank it you. Um, <laughs> they can cut it out if you want. Sexy is okay. Sexy is cool. Um, <laughs> that was so bad. But yes. So but <laughs> but um, it was really HR's job. Like, because we managed talent management. We managed all of our performance appraisals. We managed all that stuff. So it became HR, you just handle. And in the business, we're going to talk about the P&L. We're going to talk about how we're going to show up for our consumers. We're going to separate this. And I think for this when people understand this is not an HR function responsibility, it's not just about people, but how are we actually ideating on products? How are we actually showing up for our consumers and fans? What, how are we showing up externally? It's all the back work we do in-house first. And I think the more we can show that it's business and people and not just the, the cool people yeah, side, yeah. you shift it. And just to be honest, most of your representation that sit in P&L roles are those who may not be considered a certain part of a diverse group. Right. So it shifts the accountability of saying, oh, I'll just check off one and I'll write you a check. To say, no, step up. This is a part of how you lead and do your job. That's a different mentality versus, oh, HR, just come to me and just tell me what you need. One of the things that I committed to when Mm -hmm. I got here, and and if anyone remembers my first speech I gave to, Mm -hmm. to the employees was, if I don't do anything here, the one thing I really want to accomplish is to really create an environment Mm -hmm. that's open, inclusive, and inviting to all, Mm -hmm. and safe, so people can feel safe. I believe that if we now, along with your leadership and guidance, along with these strategies to get people to understand Mm -hmm. and change their behaviors, that if we create the right environment, people will come. Versus, we have a target Mm -hmm. on whatever category we're talking about. So talk about the difference between build it and they will come mm-hmm. versus we have to do it because we have a target. Yeah. And I think a, a different perspective that I have maybe a marrying of both yeah. a little bit. Because you've so, talked about this, which yeah. is why I brought it up because I, and, and I think it's important. It's not one or the other. Yeah, it's, it's a both. Yeah. I'm a very big proponent of the order and how we say EIMB. I, I, I very am and how we write out. I think equity is a step before is foundational is our anchor. Are we doing everything from a fair and inclusive lens, regardless of who you are? That's just how we operate. That then creates room to bring in the diversity, right? Because we're being fair in how we go look for talent. We're being fair in how we're looking at our development. So you're now opening or widening the pool, in this case, say for talent or agencies we work with or vendors we work with, that then lead to a sense of now, I now, now need to be inclusive. So what I mean by that is, it's a. It's never a one, then the next step, then the next step, if yeah. that makes sense. It's yeah. ongoing. Yes. I have to continually help make sure my culture, 
um, is an output of everything I do, I don't do. I say, I don't say. My policies, policies aren't. It's that, that determines the output of your culture. It's not a checklist of items. So I think you're constantly refining yeah. all the inputs to have this culture where people feel like once I come in, I am a part. Mm -hmm. Because you're not just collecting bodies or collecting things to say, ooh, look at us. But inclusion now means you want what I have. In inclusion right. to me is action oriented. I'm intentionally bringing you in mm -hmm. into whatever that looks like. And I think the culture becomes the output, all the things we do or don't do, if that makes sense. That does. It makes sense. Okay. It makes sense. When you got here, yeah. we had launched our ERGs yeah. maybe a year before, yeah. that, something like that. So talk a little bit about the importance of ERGs, yeah. which is employee resource groups, yep. uh, the impact they can have, mm -hmm. uh, and, and what they, they should have in their minds about really what their role is, mm -hmm. and maybe what their role is not. Yeah. Because I think that's as important. Mm -hmm. We'll have to give a huge shout out of love to our ERGs, though. Yes. Like, we have five here. Um, we have um, our Mas Pride ERG. We have our Mas Lucha um, ERG. We have our Women at the Bell. We have Mas Tacos, and we have Mas Creations. You know, when you put yourself out there, we have five. Yes, yep. amazing, yep. amazing group of individuals who stepped up in a voluntary sense leading this and all the all the allies and those who have joined to be members in some amazing work. Um, I would say I think it was so important as part of our strategy was to be clear that the burden of them driving EMB wasn't their responsibility. Right. Um, I wanted to really reposition them to be culture partners to the organization. That is empowering. That's not we're counting you to do all these things. It's like, no, you're coming in and bringing your perspective based on your identity and helping us make a positive business impact. Um, and I, we are still in the process of refining. Um, we're partnering with our YUM um, leaders as well to really get a clear governance. What does that look like in collaboration across so that folks want to feel like this is great to be a part of, not a soul-drenching, time-consuming effort, but you're really making an impact for the team and the business. And so I'm excited about where we're evolving to with that and the work they'll do. But That's great. it's on the mend. It well, is. I, but but – Without you coming in, we, we were struggling mm -hmm. to to figure out the role of the ERGs, mm -hmm. and so they felt positive about what they yeah. were doing, and, yeah. and it's really it's come a long way. In addition to our ERGs, we really focus, and you're leading this on how do we amplify mm -hmm. the voices of all employees. Yeah, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, and again, I, you'll hear me talk a lot about partnerships. So our um, internal uh, communications and engagement team has been phenomenal with this is that we really wanted to take what Taco Bell was doing well already and just really enhance it. And so one of the things we're really key about coming into this year is how do we amplify the voices of all of our employees across levels, that includes restaurants, field, global, et cetera. And so we started to actually look at our, just kind of the anchoring culture months that we celebrate and started to actually have a series where different employees would share their story, who they are. That is significant mm. when you're amplifying voices that may not have felt heard before. So that is indeed a win for us. That works on that culture piece that you talked about. Yeah. And how do we bring that forward to show us not just, hey, we're tracking these numbers or goals, but we're really here for our people. And if our people feel like they are valued, included, and seen, they would deliver for us, mm -hmm. and they will also help be great ambassadors for the work. Yeah. We also have a couple other programs going on. We have yeah. the business school. Yeah. Right now, as we're speaking together, yeah. we have the Ambition Accelerator ooh, ooh. going on. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the programs that are really reaching out 
to underrepresented people yeah. and giving them a voice and an opportunity to unlock their potential. Yes, the business school, huge fan. I love it. And this is a piece, equity in action. I keep coming back to that word. It's how we bring it in employees who may not have felt a part of or have an understanding to grow generational wealth, business sense, et cetera, and give them the tools and resources they need to maybe one day become franchisee owners, right? Mm -hmm. Which is a, a right. tremendous way to um, achieve generational wealth. So I think that's huge. And then Ambition Accelerator, shout out again. I'm doing a lot of shout outs on here, but that's good. you'll see how we roll here on this podcast. The foundation has done such significant work to really reach a diverse range of students and groups. And the Ambition Accelerator is one where they're bringing in social change agents. So again, mm -hmm. you talk about how do we change the world? How do we utilize the skill sets of our young people? Um, I think the age is between 18 to 26, if mm -hmm. I'm correct. Um, and make a positive difference in the world, like tangible actions. And so what foundation do you know that does that yeah. besides cutting a check? And so I, it's the things that we're doing to be very intentional here, I think, at the Bell, and our actions should deliver return on investment for us, for our, for our business model, but also for our teams. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. Come on, let's go. Let's go. I want you to really be honest. Okay. Where we were a year ago mm -hmm. and where we are today, mm -hmm. let's just focus on first – what what progress have we made? Yeah, a lot. I do. And I know I was just t actually talking to my uh, to Kelly McCulloch, who's who's my boss. Um, and she said, I know we may not move as fast as you want. And that's like, but guess what? Like, we've made some really, really good progress that I want us to take a moment and to acknowledge. And let's be real. We are yeah. in Orange County. Yeah. The census data itself is over-indexed in certain groups and not. So that took intentional effort mm -hmm. to say we're going to be equitable in our talent practice. We're gonna be inclusive in our candidate pools to bring in great talent. Mm -hmm. That does not mean we lowered the bar. Right. Um, sometimes, unfortunately, when you hear diversity, it's like, oh, we're lowering the bar. And we're like, no, it's great talent. And I, I just have to give the organization kudos for being ready and open and then following through on that. So I would say, and we're gonna talk about the business update tomorrow, like every category for our Hispanic and Latin population, our black talent and our Asian demographics all have increased Wonderful. since January. 2021, that is huge. Yeah, that is huge. 2022, what year are we in? 2022, 2022. yes, okay. Um, so I think that's one. And then the second piece I'll bring up with our gender parity, we are making significant progress as well. Again, more um, individuals who self-identify as a female um, have also increased year to date. And yeah. so like, let's take a moment and just say, we're doing something right, right? While we're still working on the development, yeah. the retention factor, the culture, Let's celebrate where we are, yeah. not be satisfied, yeah. but acknowledge within 12 months, not even quite 12 months, that yeah. is pretty significant. Yeah, because honestly for you, it was a few months before you even meet everyone <laughs> yeah. and figure out where we were. So really, in fairness, it's about six months mm. of your leadership that, that where we've come from. How and where could yeah. we go faster? I would say the piece where I'm working with the team zone now, and, and again, thankful for the collaborative effort across our functions here. There's two areas. One, when we look at our talent practices, um, is around in some of our just inclusive policies. So when we talk about what our hiring looks like and then development, we can put some things in place, even if we have to pilot it, to say what actions do we need to take and then what's the return on investment. I'm a big believer in the EIB space. So here's my HR business leader hat will always be on. There should always be some type of return investment yeah. for everything you do. And I think those two areas, us really honing in is huge. And then I do want to shout out the marketing organization as well. There's a ton of work being done um, with uh, Sean Tresvon and then also Ashley Parlamante around um, inclusive brand strategy and Taylor um, Montgomery as well. Just how are we going to make sure we actually connect with the consumers? Mm -hmm. um, 
who truly eat our food. And so I think that marketing um, inclusive culture campaign has been a huge one as well. And they are going very fast and we're continuing on that. My focus for next year will be with our our field teams, our franchisees and our global organization. And so I'm excited to get in and engage with those teams and then showcase how it does elevate the business. Um, And it doesn't have to be the anchoring point, but it's the realness of it. It's the output. So I'm really excited for 2023. That's a huge focus for me personally. Um, So hey, Phil team. Hey, global team. Franchisees. global. I'm all for it. KT goes global. (laughs) All right, I want to talk about you for a second. Okay. Um, Most people, when you meet them in a business, Mm really are there to do a job, get paid, mm. take care of their family, get promoted, make more money, mm. uh, be a part of a great company. Mm-hmm. And you are that, mm-hmm. but your motivation in life <laughs> is, I, I just, I, I wanted to say this, it's bigger than that. Yeah. yeah. And so where did you get this inspiration mm-hmm. uh, or aspiration both yeah. mm-hmm. to make the world a better place? Where'd that come from? Yeah, and I, so I going back to my country roots, that's why I was bringing that up. Uh, growing up uh, in the wonderful country parts of Virginia, um, I think for me, a couple things, oftentimes stereotypes come with that, right? And yeah. so as I went off to college, began to have a really great job, intern, and all that, I found myself being one of the only or few in whatever dimension. So whether Black, female, millennial, let's talk about that. <laughs> oh, millennials don't know anything. And literally people haven't bet told me how long I would last in a job. Like, oh, then I turned it around and they realized that they shouldn't right. have made bets. Right. Um, so it always became this sense of, I want to break barriers, shadow stereotypes, and then showcase like what excellence could really be. Mm-hmm. And that is like a driving force for me because of my experience and other experience I've heard from others. And then my mom always told me like, be the best you can be. And what does that look like? So for me, being the best I can be has to say, how am I helping the next person? And I'd rather be a reference point I didn't have. And so I'm willing to sacrifice and do that, whatever that looks like. So for me, it's just breaking those barriers. Again, shattering stereotypes is very, very big for me. To your point early on, it's not just the color of your skin Mm -hmm. or your sexual orientation. It's who you are as a person, Mm -hmm. married, divorced, parent, whatever. Those are all groups of people. Uh, and, and so you've really been an inspiration to mm. all of us. So thank you so much uh, for being with you. us. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. So now we get um, the hardest question. No, it's an easy <laughs> question. We end every program with yes. um, what is your favorite Taco Bell go-to item? Yes. So I am a huge fan of the veggie power bowl. No lettuce. Add three cheese blend. Add jalapeno. And you got the KT bowl. <laughs> All right, we got to name it the KT Bowl. But KT, thank you so much uh, for being with awesome. us today. This has been really great. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. All right, so now I got to tell you, wherever you listen to your podcast, go there. I don't know where that is, but go there. Go to the Taco Bell LinkedIn page and uh, check us out. We've got so many great pro, uh, people on the show. KT, you were amazing today. Thanks. And we'll uh, we'll see you and, and hear from you next month. Awesome. Bye-bye.